Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight-lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and I'm super excited to have you here and share this amazing interview with you today. I am chatting with Allison Yuhaz, who is an outdoor apparel designer and product developer, and her story is really, really fun and fascinating as to how she built up her career. She's now been working as a designer and developer in the outdoor industry for just about 10 years, and Her career grew very organically. She put herself out there. She sent out tons of applications and resumes. She had a little bit of luck and a little bit of strong portfolio, super good work ethic, and amazing personality that got her her first few jobs. She is now to the point that she is more easily getting opportunities because of the tremendous work she's done in building up her career with some really big names. She's worked with Obermeyer, Under Armour, Scott. If you are in the outdoor industry, you know some of these names. If not, they're big. Probably all of you have heard of Under Armour. But um, she shares a lot of her personal stories within our interview as well, though, in terms of maybe taking a job that wasn't such a great fit where she found herself very, very unhappy and then learning from that experience and understanding and realizing that it's okay to pass something up if it's not the right fit because it's going to destroy you as a person, which is sort of a little bit what happened to her. So I will let her tell the rest of that story and share all of her insights into how she has grown her career over the years as a designer in the outdoor industry. As always, thank you so much for listening. And before we get to the interview, I wanted to let you guys know that SFD is way more than a podcast. I know that a lot of you out there listening may have found us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and that is fantastic. But something I have done a terrible job at is telling you that there are so many other resources within the successful fashion designer uh, business that you maybe don't even know about. Most of them are free. I give away tons of content, tutorials, templates, and books on things like using Adobe Illustrator for fashion, how to create tech packs, including free templates on those. Uh, advice and strategies and tactics, as well as word-for-word scripts, you can swipe on getting freelance clients for pitching and proposals and landing your dream fashion job and so much more on getting ahead in your career. So I want to make sure that you get access to all of these amazing resources that I've created and that you just at least know that they exist uh, beyond the podcast. So here's what I did. I put together my best free content just for you as a listener Uh, to help you get ahead in your fashion career. And I would love to email it to you right now. So take 30 seconds, hit pause on this episode right now and go to SoHeidi.com slash email for instant access. It's S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash email and I will send you my best free stuff. As always, you can access the show notes by scrolling down wherever you are listening. And now let's jump into our interview with Allison. Welcome, Allison, to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. Um, Can you please start by introducing yourself and letting everybody know who you are and what you do in the fashion industry? Hi, uh, my name is Allison Juhas, um, and I am currently a product designer and developer and product manager at a (laughs) a company called Ultimate Direction. Um, Yeah. Okay, awesome. So um, what, what exactly is Ultimate Direction? What do you guys do? Um, So the company I work for actually is a hydration pack company, um, and they are just now getting into apparel. So what I was actually hired to do is kind of get that apparel program off the ground, um, which is a really great opportunity for me because it's it's not often actually you kind of get the the chance to um, really learn about all of those aspects of launching a line um, or to have that much creative control over a line. Um, but yeah, so so it's probably a company that unless you are a, a marathoner or ultra marathoner or trail runner, you, you may not be familiar with them. Um, but it is actually, I believe, the, either the largest or second largest, I, I don't know anymore, um, 
hydration pack company for ultra running. Wow. And so you're focusing specifically on launching the apparel side of the brand. Um, that is my main focus, but I do actually also work on some packs. Um, so again, for me, that that wasn't something I had done previously because my focus is in fashion design. Um, but it's an opportunity for me to kind of learn about um, more of the industrial side, de- yeah. industrial design side of things. Yeah, because that's kind of a whole different animal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but but primarily, I do focus on apparel. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to the beginning. Um, how did you get started in fashion? Did you go to school? Um, so I definitely have a, a little bit of a non-traditional story. I actually went to school for marine biology and what? got my bachelor's degree in that. Yeah. Wait, you're the second guest I've had who got a degree <laughs> in marine biology and she's not, she now is running her own brand. She's not working for a brand, but how funny is that? Nice. Well, good yeah. for her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about this. Um, yeah, so that is, that's what I went to school for. And I had always been really interested in design in general. Um, and I had kind of considered going to school for either industrial design or fashion design. And my parents were kind of like, yeah, how are you going to make a living? Um, (laughs) so I chose marine biology of all things instead, which is another thing where people are kind of like, oh, well, the last marine biologist I met worked at McDonald's. Someone literally said that to me. No, really? (laughs) Um, My first thought is like, oh, you're going to go swim with Shamu. (laughs) Yes, I I actually did um, work at a dolphin interaction program for a little while while I did that. So it it was a really great major and I loved it. Um, I loved majoring in it and I got to do a lot of really cool things. But ultimately, I did want to do something more creative. So when I was in school, I actually published a paper and did some research and was like kind of on my way to going to grad school for that. Um, And... I just, you know, after doing that, I ultimately realized, like, you know, honestly, I don't really want to spend the rest of my life, like, you know, applying for grants and, Mm. and doing research. I mean, I like doing it, but it it was like, pretty clearly not the direction I wanted to take in life. So when I graduated, um, well, so for one, I graduated in the middle of of the recession. (laughs) So um, 2008 ish. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was a, um, well, yeah, I graduated in 2009, but, Nine, but okay. generally speaking in that, yeah. that time frame when, you know, you couldn't just graduate and kind of fall into a really cushy right. job anyway. Um, and so I was interviewing for things and like, um, uh, like ph- a lot of pharmaceutical sales jobs and things like that. And I just found I like really wasn't passionate about doing <laughs> any of those things. Oh. Um, and at one point someone asked me during an interview, you know, why, you know, why are you excited about this job? Or like, how did you prepare for this interview? And I said something like, uh, you know, like, honestly, I, I didn't really. I just, oh, my God. I just, <laughs> um, and they said, they, they basically yelled at me in the interview and said, you know, there are thousands of people oh. trying to get this one job. And I thought about it. And I realized, like, yeah, you know, I, you should not hire me. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm not the person who wants to do this. Um, yeah. And so it was kind of a revelation. And I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I had talked to my parents and they were kind of like, well, you know, once you graduate, if you still really want to do the design thing, you can always go back to school. Um, so I looked into into going back um, and I found a, a two-year program actually in LA um, at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Um, and so I decided to to apply for that. And I figured it was short enough that, you know, if I if I did it, and I wound up, you know, really not liking it, or it didn't go anywhere, it wasn't a big deal. Um, you know, but but hopefully it would work out. And so I wound up going back to school and actually getting an associate's degree in fashion design. Um, and that is that's kind of how I got my start. Okay. Yeah. And so then we're maybe in about 2011, 10, 11-ish. Yep. Yep. Okay. And and where did you go from there? Did you get some did you get a first job right after that? Um yes, so I did. Um and I actually started working while I was still in school. Oh. Um and so I, you know, it's funny. I didn't have super high aspirations. I was like, well, I just hope somebody hires me. Like, <laughs> I don't really care what I do. Um, and so I started interning at a place that was just down the street from where I lived, which is very close to my school. And, um, you know, I wasn't expecting to get paid or anything like that. And then it just so happened that while I was there, the associate designer at the time left um, and, you know, they were happy with what I was doing. I'd been there for, you know, a few months and they just said, well, you want to do 
do it, like we'll pay you. Wow. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, so I have gotten pretty lucky. Um, but I've also got had some some unlucky experiences like we've talked about. So, you know, that was a really good opportunity for me. Um, so I wound up doing that. And that was just like, um, it was a small private label company that actually did all made in the USA stuff for like TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Uh-huh. Um, and so that, um, that's what I got started doing. And, you know, I, you know, I wasn't paid much. I was paid, you know, like hourly, yeah. like 10 bucks an hour yeah, yeah, <laughs> or something yeah. like that. But for me, I was like, great, I'm getting paid to do something I thought I was going to do for free. And, yeah. and I actually get to say, you know, like I'm, I'm, I got to do design work. I got to say, you know, I'm an associate designer, um, as opposed to just saying I'm interning here. Right. Um, free. because you know, there, <laughs> there are many internships where you can wind up doing things like cutting out fabric swatches all day or, or getting you know, coffee. Like, uh, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, that Fortunately, was not my experience at all. Um, and so that can be an advantage to to working for places that are a little bit smaller and less well known is yeah. you can you can get a lot more experience very quickly because they, you know, they need you. They're like, hey, you, you know, like we we don't have enough people and we're going to give you actual jobs as opposed to, well, we don't really know what to do with you when you're on our budget. So get coffee. <laughs> um yeah. But anyhow, so um, that that was actually my first job. And I started doing that after my first year of school. Um, and I rearranged my class schedule so that I could work full time um, four days a week. And so I had one day a week where I went to class. Okay. Um, and so that was actually my very first job um, was, uh, you know, stuff that's totally not related to the outdoor industry. But for me, I knew that I wanted to go into the outdoor industry. That was actually my goal when I went to design school. Um, I was not one of those people who was like, I want to do like dresses and things like that. Yeah. Um, so after I, after I graduated, I was like, you know, this has been great, but I, I need to look for something. Well, one that's, that's paying me more than $10 an hour, <laughs> but also <laughs> something that, um, you know, that's a little bit more aligned with what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I left that job and I moved back home with my parents and uh, and, and back really home is that here in Colorado? Um, no, that's actually Sacramento, California. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I moved back home and just started applying for jobs like crazy. Um, kind of knowing going into it that you're a lot of them aren't going to call you back or, <laughs> or interview you or hire you. Um, and so I, I mean, I applied for many jobs, but two of the the ones I applied to were um. Well, actually, I think one I got contacted by a recruiter for, um, and it was a private label company, which is what I'd been doing um, in San Francisco, which sounded like a pretty cool company and was along the same lines of like, um, I think they mostly did stuff for Kohl's. Okay. And so I interviewed for that um, and they offered me that. And there had been another job I had applied to that I was very underqualified for. <laughs> and I really <laughs> didn't think I was going to get, but people say, you know, apply to apply to stuff you're underqualified for and you never know. Yeah. So I had taken that advice and done that and they never really called me back. And I was like, well, you know, it's kind of what I figured. No big deal. Um, so I actually accepted that first job. And then like a month after I had applied to, to the second job, um, they wound up calling me back and saying, we, we want to interview you. And so this, this is something that like people don't really talk about a lot is, um, you know, like, clearly it's not appropriate to turn down one job for another one. But when you're in a situation where, you know, this other job was a much higher level job with higher pay. Yeah. Um, and you had already like you were already started working at this. Had private. Started, you I hadn't had started working. yet, but you no, had accepted. I had, I had accepted it. And when they called me about the interview, it was like right after I had accepted this job and was oh. essentially saying, like, I'm going to move in a couple of weeks. Um, so the second job was a designer for, um, like, snow sports and, and outdoor wear uh, mm. for a company called Scott Sports. Um, so if, for anyone who skis, they'll probably yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was for doing apparel for them um, in their office in Seattle, which is uh, no, no hard goods come out of there, but that's where uh, most of the well, all the ski apparel comes from there, and um, some of the running apparel at the time came okay. from that office. Um, and it was a, a full designer position, and they wanted, you know, like, three years of experience. And I, of course, had, like, you know, sort of one year of experience part-time working at, <laughs> in something totally unrelated. Yeah. Um, and so I, I called them, and I said, you know, honestly, I've actually already accepted another job, but I really, really want this job. <laughs> so um, I would be willing to, to interview for this, but I, I kind of would like to know what your timeline is. Um, and so they flew me out there, I think, I think like the next day, I mean, very, what? very shortly after that conversation. Yeah. And, um, I was just like, 
in dreamland because I'd never really spent any time in the Pacific Northwest, um, which is just absolutely beautiful, especially um, compared to Sacramento. And then (laughs) moving from LA, it's definitely very, very different, very green and like, you know, little fairy tale land. So um, they flew me out there and I interviewed and um, I wound up getting that job. And I did wind up taking the job because the the pay was just significantly higher and it was so much so well aligned. so much more well aligned with what I wanted to do. Um, And so, you know, that was a a tough thing to be faced with um, right after, right out of school, because I really didn't know how to handle that situation. Um, And in retrospect, I don't know what the answer is there. I mean, ultimately, I'm glad I made that decision, because I'm now in the industry I want to be in, as opposed to a a different industry. But of course, you also don't want to burn bridges. So you know, I, I broke the news as politely as I could. Um, Sometimes that just happens. They, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, go ahead. sorry, do you have, I have, a, I have a couple of questions about mm-hmm. this, like, amazing opportunity you secured, like, without any experience and, like, you know, super underqualified. Um, huh? Did you, like, put together a capsule collection for them to show them that you could do their category? Or, I mean, how did you even wind up getting the opportunity to interview coming from not the same category of apparel and super underqualified in terms of the years of experience? Um, so this was largely luck. And so, I mean, when people say apply to lots and lots of jobs, this is why. Um, so my boss there uh, had lived in or had travel. He had gotten one of those around the world tickets um, uh-huh. and at one point stopped in a, a place called Maria French Polynesia which is where I had lived while I was doing my research. <laughs> and it was his favorite place he's ever been in his whole life. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so he saw on my resume that I had lived there and was like, we have to talk to this person. They've oh been to Morea. Um, and so I came in um, and I, I did have a strong portfolio. So it's not like this. There's luck to things. And there's also, you know, you, you do make your own luck. So right. you have to take advantage of those lucky opportunities when they happen. So I certainly came in and was like very well prepared. I didn't do a capsule collection, but I had in school kind of focused on a lot of outdoor projects. So I had, okay. um, I had won a, a scholarship for an outdoor collection that was sort of similar to, to what I was going to be doing. And, um, I had done like some capsule ski collections that I already had. Okay, so you um, did have stuff in line with what they do to show. Yes, I definitely did. And honestly, my portfolio was probably more well aligned with some of these outdoor jobs than it was with these high-end fashion jobs or private label jobs. Um, so yeah, it was what I wanted to do. And I had, you know, relevant work to show. Um, but getting the interview was very much just luck. <laughs> Like this super obscure commonality that you both had this location in common. Right. Oh, wow. Right. That's so interesting. <laughs> and um, and I still am in touch with him and I see them every time we go to OR and he still tells people that that is why he hired me oh, <laughs> when he introduces love- me to people. So, yeah. yeah um, so you just never know. I mean um, – I mean, like I said, you're, you're going to have lucky breaks and you're going to have unlucky breaks because yeah. people are going to like you for no reason and dislike you for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> frankly. Um, but yeah, so that worked out great for me. Um, and so that I, uh, I moved out there like very shortly after. Um, yeah. And uh, right when I got there, they said, um, you have a passport, right? Because uh, you're going to Europe in, <laughs> in a couple of months. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, um, <laughs> Because I think had people asked me when I was graduating school what I wanted to do, I was like, well, I want to design for an outdoor company. And, you know, I figured that was going to take me like years and years to work towards. And I just graduated and was like, oh, wow, you know, what are my goals? I'm already doing what I want to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So anyhow. So how long did you work there? I worked there for three years. Okay. And how was it? It was amazing. I absolutely loved it. It and it's um, for sure a place I would consider working again. Um, okay. I would consider going back to, and I'm still in touch with all the people there. Um, but yeah, so it was great. Yeah. Okay. So you luckily got this amazing break. Um, then they're like, we're going to send you to Europe. You're like, I am living this fashion design dream, I can imagine, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and so then where did you go next? What happened after three years? So um, this is one of those things that I think people can learn from. Um, I met a a guy while I was there, and he wanted to move to D.C. 
So I was very hesitant to move with him, um, partly because I really loved my job and I didn't want to leave it. Um, and partly because I was like, what the heck am I going to do in DC? Like what companies are in DC? Um, and there aren't very many companies in DC, but Under Armour is in Baltimore. And I was, it just so happened that a job came up in their outdoor department, um, right as he was talking about moving. And so I said, you know, fine, I'll at least look into it. And I wasn't super stoked about it, to be honest. Like, I didn't think that was a company I was going to like. I didn't think it was a place I was going to like. And I really liked where I was. Um, so I wound up actually, he had a friend who worked there. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll talk to her and, and I'll see, um, you know, what she has to say. And if it does seem like a place I would like. Um, and so she just happened to say, like, actually, we're, we're hiring like crazy in this department right now. Do you want to send me a resume? And I was like, uh, well, okay. And so she passed it along to the HR department and like a day later, a recruiter called me and I was like, wow, this is just not really how I saw this going. I thought it was like, you know, maybe, maybe one day possibly I could get a job there. Um, and I really, I honestly hadn't thought through if I actually wanted to move there or not. Yeah. Um, and so that was another like very, very fast process where they wound up offering me a job like within, I think like two weeks of wow. that conversation. Did you, I, did you fly uh, out an interview? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think within very, very shortly after I talked to this girl and the resume went to the recruiter, I mean, it was very fast. And I wow. think a lot of those big companies can kind of do that. Um, and so I hadn't really thought it through. But um, the one thing about working for a bigger company is the salaries are obviously much, much better. And so they made me a much higher offer than than what I was currently getting, um, which I'd already actually been pretty okay with my salary. <laughs> but um not that it was a lot of money by any means, but I think I just had very low expectations. <laughs> um, but anyhow, that's uh, that's how that wound up happening. And I was pretty uncertain about whether or not I wanted to leave. And I actually considered turning it down. Um, and I talked to my boyfriend about it. And I was like, you know, honestly, I, this just does not sound like a fit. Um, so that job was within their their hunting department, which I'm like, I used to be a vegetarian for a long time. And I'm like, this is, these are not my people. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> that feels super mismatched. Right. Um, so anyhow, it just I, I liked the people I had talked to, but I just didn't think that it, the job itself and the company just didn't really seem like a fit to me at all. Um, but I wound up taking it and I definitely regret doing that. That oh, was a bad, why? bad decision. Yeah, why? Um, um, it just wasn't a fit. It was like, it um, very much what I thought, like it wasn't, you know, wasn't horrible, but it, just, it was not, not living the dream like my previous job had been. Um, and I think I had a lot of, um, regrets about moving for uh, another person. So that's something people tell you not to do. Uh, and I almost didn't do. And then I was like, well, you know, I've got this job offer there. It's not, not a terrible idea. Um, but in retrospect, like, it's, it's usually not a good, not a great idea. Yeah. Um, unless this is someone you like have a family with or are married to, um, you know, so whatnot, you did, but so, so your boyfriend was sort of what tipped the scales and then you just were like, I'm not as happy at this job as I was at my previous one. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, that was, um, that was definitely the catalyst for me moving there. And in, in retrospect, it actually worked out well because I think it is good to have, a big corporate company on your resume. Yeah. Um, but it, in retrospect, it just was not a fit for me. I would yeah. potentially even go back there and work in another department. Um, but yeah, it just wound up, you know, coming from something that I loved so much too. I think it was really disheartening because it just, you want to feel like you're moving up and moving towards a goal in your career. And for me, that definitely felt like a step down and kind of a step uh, backwards <laughs> from yeah. what I um, so that was my second job and that was why I left my, my first job. Okay. Um, yeah. what do you, what do you think, um, or why do you think you stood out in a way that like they hired you so quickly? I mean, arguably you didn't really have hunting experience. You had a friend in the company, which I, I think right. can always help. Yes. Um, yeah. but, and you said they were hiring like crazy, but was there anything, strategically that you did that maybe stood out and got you the opportunity? 
Um, well, again, I, I know why I got this opportunity as well. And okay. it was partly because so a lot of times people tell you after they hire you, like, right. hey, this is what I liked about you. Right. Um, my the guy who hired me there, um, who I got along with, well, I, I liked that guy and everything. There were no no issues there. But he had seen um, at one of these these trade shows, he had seen my stuff for Scott on display. And then he saw it and, and he thought, wow, that's cool. Mm. And then he saw it in my portfolio and was like, oh, hey, that's, that's the person you. that does that. And uh, yeah, so no, I didn't have anything related. That job, though, I did do a project for. They, I think they specifically asked me to put together, like, you know, you know, design a hunting jacket and do a tech pack and tell us, you know, essentially just to show that I could research what the features were, even if I didn't do the sport. And so I did a little bit of research about, like, oh, hey, you need, like, a, uh, you know, a has to not make any noise and, you know, yada, yada. All the things um, you don't think about unless you're in that category. Right. Things yeah. <laughs> that are specific to that category. So I did yeah. like a quick little project for them, um, but it wasn't anything terribly involved. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Um, but how, like he had randomly seen your stuff on display at a trade show and then saw it in your portfolio and made the connection and was like, yes, we like you. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what he claims anyway. Um, okay. Interesting. So. The small little things you just never know. Um, so how long did you wind up staying at Under Armour? Um, I only stayed there about a year. Um, and so, you know, part of that was, I didn't think it was a great fit anyway. And there were a lot of factors, but, um, another factor was that they kind of restructured the department very shortly after me getting there. And, um, so the guy who had hired me left very quickly after I had arrived. Um, and so I sort of wound up getting like put under a new boss who was kind of random, like, you know, someone I didn't really know. He didn't. We, he never interviewed with us. Um, I definitely got along with him a lot less well. I, there were some gender issues there, mm. <laughs> that, um, which has been a theme in my career, I think. And it's something that's very, very important to me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it just did not seem like something that was going to be a long-term fit. Yeah. Um, and so essentially, I, I told my boyfriend, like, hey, if you want to live here, great, but I'm going to move. <laughs> so, okay. um, you, Yeah. Uh, so I actually wound up quitting that job without another job because I just felt like I needed to like rethink my life for a second Yeah. <laughs> and like I'd gotten really, really off track and I was really nervous about doing that because that's something that logically people tell you not to do. Right. Um, but at the time it just felt like the right thing. And I think I was so unhappy there that it was like kind of affecting like my mood and my health and I was like, you know what, I just need to reset. Um, and I think what actually pushed me over the edge is one of my friends was visiting. And it was someone who I really, really respect and I'm really close with. And she gave me a talking to and she was like, you know, I used to tell people that you were the coolest person I had ever met. And I really meant that. And now you just suck. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Like, but like, I needed to hear it. Yeah, it no, true. you do. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is just sucking the life out of me and making oh. me like a miserable, unhappy, unfriendly person. Yeah. Um, so I, I wound up just putting in my notice there. Um, and I had, you know, it wasn't like I had no options, you know, like I think I had talked to some of my friends at Scott and they seemed to think that if something opened up there, they'd probably be willing to hire me back. Um, and I had other people offering to sort of like put me in touch with, with different jobs. Um, but I, I quit my job and I went to live with one of my friends who was working as a uh, glacier guide in Alaska. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I was like, you know what? I just need to go do this. So do I went out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, I was really nervous that if I did that, I would just like never get back in the industry. Um, but another positive thing about working in a big name company like that is people will reach out to you fairly regularly. So Within a very, very short time of me doing that, I got contacted by a few recruiters for different jobs, and I actually started interviewing while I was in Alaska. Is this um, kind of funneling through, like, LinkedIn, or um, where are they I finding you, like, with this big name Under Armour attached to your to your oh, resume and experience? So a lot of people will just find you through LinkedIn, because I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a recruiter. I don't know right. how they do this. <laughs> um, but from what I can tell, you know, when I was there, I think they just sort of Google these, these big names and you pop up and they, because uh, LinkedIn will tell you like how people found you. Um, right. It'll say you were found in such and such a search, search. this week, yeah. from, you know, whatever. So this is me extrapolating. I don't know this for a fact and I'm not okay. an expert on okay. this. But, but you just started um, getting like yeah. emails or maybe some LinkedIn messages, but contacted in one way or another from yeah. recruiters and it had something to do with your ties to Under Armour. Yes, certainly. Okay. I think working at these bigger companies, you do get, 
you show up in many, many more searches. But also, I think many of them were coming from um, people that I had told I'm, I'm quitting my job and they recommended me, um, which is, okay. I think, a good thing to do. And it's something that I'll certainly do if I know somebody is either looking or between jobs or something. And I think that there are good fit for someone that reaches out to me, but I'm not looking, I'll say, you know, this other hey, person. like, I'm not interested, but so and so would be a really great fit for this. Yeah. So um, talk a li- wait, can you just talk about that a little bit for a second? Because um, something that comes up on the podcast a lot is this, you know, it's this networking thing. It's kind of like who you know. <laughs> and um, I don't even really like to use the word networking, but it's almost like just the friendship base and the relationship base that you create throughout your career. And then kind of just updating those people as to what's going on in your life. And so, you know, you had worked at the private label job when you were in school and then you did the job at Scott and then you were at Under Armour. So where had you been meeting all these people that you were slowly keeping or continuing to keep in touch with and updating as to your status of leaving your job? Um, so these are just people I worked with. I think a lot of people at Under Armour recommended me because oh, okay. like I mentioned, um, you know, if, if you're at Under Armour, you're being contacted a fair amount. And so I think people sort of bumped a lot of those to me. Oh, um, so you had yeah. left and they were contacting people at Under Armour and they said, no, actually go talk to Allison. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Interesting. So I think, yeah, that's something that happens. And I mean, so the networking thing too is something I was always really curious about when I was in school because yeah. I am not a social person <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and so I, that's something I always thought, like, you know, I'm just not going to be able to do that. Like, I don't think I can succeed because I'm just not this outgoing, like, you know, goes to a networking event and gives my card out to all these people and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a person who makes a lot of small talk, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but it just happens really naturally. I mean, it's like, just just don't be a terrible person. <laughs> like, you'll meet people along the way and, and you'll stay in touch with them. Yeah. Um, like, it's a really small industry. I mean, I it think is. that would be the biggest takeaway is like, don't be terrible to people. Yeah, be a really nice human um, being and it gets you pretty far right. sometimes. Yeah. Be a good, honest person. Um, and I mean, the flip side of that is like people who, who are really bad people and have, you know, offended a, a great number of people in the industry tend to build up a bad rap over time too. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, it's it's not so much about like that you actively have to try to network. No. Just, um, you know, people say be yourself and I don't know, if, you know, just be nice. If you're not naturally nice, be nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> and two, I think maybe something that you perhaps, I mean, I think just from hearing you talk, um, it, I, my gut is just saying you have a tremendous work ethic and you do like a really, you know, over and above job at your work. And so people notice and recognize that. Um, and so I think it, you know, a lot of what I've seen, at least from, from my career, as well as a lot of other people I've interviewed on the show is it's a combination of, yeah, being really friendly, doing an exceptional job, and then just keeping in touch with the people that you meet over the years. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's not about going to these networking schmoozy events where you pass out your business card. Like, that's why I don't even like to use the word networking. So I'm like, it's not that it's just making friends and, and doing a good job and keeping up some relationships. Yes, I very much agree with that. And that's something that I wish someone had told me when I was younger. I mean, I guess in <laughs> retrospect, it doesn't matter that much now. But um, yeah, it's I think people get so, so worried about that. And there's so much of an emphasis on that at all these, you know, career centers and school and these seminars you go to. And it's, it's really in retrospect, it's, it's not as... Um, as difficult and rigid of a thing as people make it out to be. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So, okay, so you're in Alaska with your friend who's a, a glacier guide? Yes. <laughs> and you're getting, like, interviews. What are you, who are you interviewing with? What is this process like? Um, so the two main ones that actually were, you know, like, interesting to me was um, I interviewed for a, a company called Obermeyer, which is another ski company, mm-hmm. and my friend at Scott recommended me for that. And the other one was... Um, a company called EMS, which I actually wasn't familiar with. I guess it's like the REI of the East Coast. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually didn't know who they were, but I looked them up and was like, oh, that's great. I think actually Layla might have recommended me for that. Oh, um, yeah. So just a yeah. quick, <laughs> quick note to the listeners. Um, Layla Jalili was on the show on episode 49. We'll link to that in the show notes. But she was the one who wound up connecting me with you. So um, yeah. small world, right? Here we go. Yeah, friends exactly. connecting other friends. I love it. Um, right. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so EMS. Um, so those were the two I wound up interviewing for. Um, and the Obermeyer one was interesting because they actually just called me up and said, you know, so-and-so recommended you. And, um, 
they had a, a job as a for a product developer, and I said I'm I'm really not interested in product development. Um, but you know, if you want, I can certainly reach out to other people. I mean, you would think I would I would be like eager to get a job, and I probably should have been, but I was like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, you really wanted to um, do the design the design. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's one thing I would advise people is like, you know, when you're looking for a job, it feels like you're never going to find something and you will like you're going to find something. But what what can really derail you is if you take something that's not the right thing. Yeah, Um, you're much better off like waiting until you find that really, really right job. And especially for me having, you know, essentially quit my job with nothing lined up so I could find something I really love, but I wasn't really interested in taking something I wasn't you know, I didn't think I would like, um, or that wasn't a perfect fit. So anyhow, I I said, you know, I don't think I'm interested, but I, he wound up calling me back and saying, well, you know, actually, you know, maybe we can just change it into more of like a design and merchandising job. And so we sort of like wound up rehashing this job. And then another small world thing, he was on vacation in Alaska at that time. And so I was sort of like talking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So So there is a lot of luck involved with these things. But I think what people don't tell you is the luck comes from putting out a gazillion applications and Uh. telling everybody you're looking. And so 99% of things don't work out. But if you put out the word enough, something will eventually click into place. Um, So anyhow, this wound up just sort of evolving very naturally. And um, they said, well, you know, why don't you just fly out and, and we'll talk about it. And, um, you know, see where it goes. So I went out there and it's sort of, I was pretty clear, um, which is something I wouldn't have had the confidence to do previously, but I was like, I'm going to be, they asked me, you know, um, you know, would you be interested in this if this were a development role? And I was like, I'm going to be totally honest. Like I am not <laughs> interested in that role. Yeah. You have the design role. I will do it. If you don't, I won't. Um, and so I think there was some, some discrepancy in the building with like, um, the, the owner's wife wasn't super into hiring outside design. So previously, I guess they had just been doing, um, getting contractors and just sort of doing the development in-house. Um, but it was a strange situation. But I, I left feeling really good about it. And I had a great conversation with them. Um, and, and another thing that I liked about it was um, uh, Nomi Overmeyer was really, she's, she's like a big feminist and uh, very into equal equal gender rights which had been a big theme for me at my previous job. So I was really excited about that. Um, so even though I didn't know if it was going to be a great fit, I kind of wound up feeling like, well, you know, I think I want to try it. Like I had a good enough feeling about it that I, I was like, I'll try it. I want to yeah. see what happens. Um, yeah. And so I, I wound up taking the job. And shortly after that, um, EMS, of course, called me back and was like, we want to fly you out to interview tomorrow. And I was like, well, I already took a job. So, <laughs> um, yeah, which in general, I don't think it's good practice to be interviewing for another job after you've already taken a okay. job unless it's like, you know, yeah. massive, and this a massive like opportunity. already happened to you once. Yeah. So did you just, did you just decline right. the interview? So I just declined it, yeah. Okay. And so I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm moving to Aspen. Um, yeah, I was going to say they're in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, they're in Aspen, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I moved out there and it was um, – it was okay, but there was just like a little too much uncertainty about like what the role really was. And it, um, it wasn't like totally organized. So I was doing design work, but it was on like random categories, um, whenever they popped up. And then it was sort of unclear who in the building was even aware that I was doing this or if it was like something I shouldn't be doing. So, um, it was a very weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't unhappy there. And, um, the workload was probably the lightest workload I've ever had. And I felt like I was pretty well paid for the work I was doing, honestly. Um, so I wasn't terribly unhappy there, but it got to the point where I was like, look, this is a little too weird. Like this needs to be a little more official and like hashed out and, you know, I, I kind of got the sense my boss wasn't on the same page as the owners of the company and it's a small company. So it's, you see everyone all yeah, the time. Um, yeah. and so I, I wasn't miserable there or anything, but I was kind of like, I, I don't really think this is like a long-term situation. <laughs> so, um, I started looking again and, um, the job I have now, I just found online. It wasn't, nobody recommended me. It wasn't through a recruiter. I just applied for stuff online and, uh, oh. and interviewed for it. Yeah. So you went from <laughs> Obermeyer to where you are now. Yes. And so yeah. how, when was that? Um, that was two years ago, pretty much exactly. Okay. So where did you find it? 
Um, I think I found this one on like indeed.com. Okay. And you just blindly <laughs> applied <laughs> and got an interview and got the job. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a pretty, pretty typical process there. I think with that, I just stood out because at this point, my resume is fairly strong. Um, yeah. You've yeah. got Scott <laughs> Overmeyer, Under Armour. You've probably, your portfolio is probably pretty strong too. Right. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a decent amount of, of work to show at this point. And, you know, um, it's not like getting your first job where you kind of are relying on some degree of, of luck. Right. Um, and so had you applied to like a kajillion jobs again or just... Um, I mean, I applied to a fair number. Uh, I So I'm actually a little bit less careful about applying to jobs than some people are. I know some people are like, I really want this one. I'm going to spend hours and hours writing this like great cover letter. Um, you kind of can't tell what a job's going to be like until you interview for it. Yeah. So for me, I'll, I'll go through and if it seems like something is in the industry I want to be in and sounds interesting and like it more or less meets my skill level, um, I'll send in an application. Okay. Uh, and I don't necessarily like cater the application to that specific company because my philosophy on, I do not know my philosophy on this at this point in life is I know what I want to do. This is what I've done. If this company thinks that's a fit, great. If they don't, it may not be a fit for me. Um, so I, and, and for other people that may be different, I really have a strong idea of what I want to do and I've been doing it for a while. So my work supports that. But I think if you're trying to transition fields, like if I were to all of a sudden say, you know what, I don't want to do this. I want to go work for Urban Outfitters or something. Right. <laughs> I right. would for sure put something else together for them. Um, but yeah, for me at this point, um, you know, unless it is something where I'm like, my work really just doesn't align with what this company does. And I want to work for this company, I would say I don't actually put together anything specific. It's probably I mean, it sounds like you're to the point, like you said, your resume is really strong, they can glance, they see those big brands, they know them, they're like, Oh, she can totally do this. Right. And and I would say certainly, this is a different attitude than I had when I was looking for my first job. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you build yeah. up to this stage. Right. So but, at this point, I've yeah. been doing this, like, I, I think almost exactly 10 years. Yeah. In like a few months, I think it'll be, you know, 10 years of, yeah. of doing this. And so at, at that point, it does change a little bit. But yeah, certainly your first job, you don't want to just blindly, <laughs> blindly apply. Yeah. And this is, um, you know, just to kind of like really hammer this home. I'm such an old lady. I say things like that. But um there's value in staying in such a, I mean, it's not a super niche category, but it's tight enough that like you can build up to the point where, you know, a lot of people either jump around or they're a little bit more broad. Um, it is of course very easy to get, and it doesn't sound like you're in this position because this is the category that you love, but you know, some people arguably are like, ah, now I've just gotten pigeonholed. Um, but it makes some of these opportunities easier to come by as you've built up this really strong resume and history with this specific category that then the brand just looks at and is like, oh, yeah, she can do this. This is a great fit. And then, you, you know, bring you in. They You have a good interview. You go from there. Right. V- very much so. And I would say once you're in the industry a long time, I mean, you're just going to have people even approaching you sometimes and saying, do you want to do this? Or yeah. you you know someone who is looking. I mean, I've had friends go and work for previous bosses who have moved companies. Yes, and that does happen All kinds of things. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, so it, it becomes a lot less stressful once you've been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like, those first couple of jobs are really stressful to apply to and a lot harder to get, honestly. Um, so you know, like if you're just getting started, it does get better and yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does get easier. Yeah. So now uh, at um, Ultimate Direction, you um, you do product development, design, and what was the other? Th- you had like three titles. Uh, product management. Yeah. Product man- <laughs> so now you do have a bit of product development, product management mixed in there with the design. How? What's your like workflow and day to day or week to week, month to month look like? Yeah. So, um, well, I'll touch on sort of like how that, that happened. First. Okay, but sure. I, you know, <laughs> when you do design, especially for smaller companies, you're going to wind up doing some development also. Yeah. And um, not typically the product management, but I'd done a little bit of that at, at Obermeyer. Um, so I was familiar with it. And I'm also a numbers oriented person. I mean, so I, I kind of do the science thing and the art thing, which for a lot of people, they're like, 
I don't want to touch spreadsheets. I don't like them. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with both. Um, my philosophy is much more, um, you know, ultimately you're, you're designing to make money. Right. Uh, and, and you have to show you made money at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> it's not numbers. just like, not just I'm, I'm drawing environment. whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So my day to day is actually much less of it is designing than it is like numbers, analysis, market research. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so I do all of that. And, and our team is so small too. I mean, um, to some degree, I get to participate a little bit in, even in like marketing with like some of the women's campaigns, which is super exciting for me because that's something that that means a lot to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll have meetings and essentially the the salesperson, the marketing person, and there's a one other product person who works primarily on the packs. Um, we'll all just sort of get together and, and powwow. Um, so to me, I, I have found that I enjoy smaller companies where I can kind of have a hand in everything. And I'm much more of a big picture person. Um, yeah. And that's part of what I didn't like about Under Armour is Under Armour is like, mm-hmm. here's a line plan, design this. And uh, we don't really want to pay for anything. So take all the style lines off, put a big logo on it. <laughs> that's it. Like, and it was just like, oh, to me, really uninspired. That's kind of crushing. Uh, <laughs> right. It's just not what I imagined myself doing. And actually, in some ways, I think had that been my first job, I would have maybe liked it more. Um, but coming from like, you know, Hey, this is your first job. And like, there's a fair amount of freedom with it and a lot of opportunity and going to, yeah, kind of just 25 people are going to look at this and not agree. And we just kind of not going to do anything that exciting. Uh, (laughs) I mean, not that they don't do anything exciting, but most of the projects are going to be fairly bland. Um, and so Anyhow, I, I found that I enjoy working for smaller companies where I kind of get to do all those things. But on a day-to-day basis, I would say there's there's sort of like a peak time of year when I'm designing. So I'm actually starting 2021 right now, spring 2021. Yeah. Um, and, and we're I'm, in April of 2019, just because right. this episode is going to air a little bit later in the year. So okay. I just want to give people okay. a timeline. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm working on now. But uh, once once designs go out, so first I'll line plan, then I'll do designs to that line plan. And once those go go out, the rest of my year is primarily spent, um, you know, checking those, checking those, doing development on those and getting them really polished. Yeah. So we have a lot of um, listeners in the audience who um, are very new to the industry and they don't know um, so much of what's involved specifically in like product development or product management or like, what do you even mean by line plan? So can you talk a little bit about some of those things specifically for someone who maybe has no um, idea of how that actually works? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think actually I probably didn't understand this when I went into the industry either. So you kind of think as a designer, that's, you kind of just do whatever you want and and stuff sells or it doesn't. Um, (laughs) And that was kind of my point of view on it. Um, But at most places, you're going to have a a product line manager who their whole job is to research the market, research previous numbers and put together a list of what styles and and kind of general feature set and number of colorways you want to have in your line. Um, And that will be then handed off to a designer who will design to those price points and to that line plan. Um, And so it's not totally open for the designer to just kind of say, I, I feel like, you know, I'm going to make a, uh, a kilt or something. Right, right, you know, right, right. Kilt's not online plan. You're not making kilt. It might be um, like two <laughs> dresses, a blouse. I mean, not in the right. outdoor category, but it's like, and it's kind of falls into this category and this is what sold really well last season. So we kind of have to think about this. And like you said, the price point, all these little variables you have to think about and you have to design backwards into that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so in, in my industry, it'd likely be something like, you know, we're going to have a waterproof jacket at a hundred dollar price point and a waterproof jacket at a $200 price point and whatever. So you're designing, you know, number of, um, you know, picking your fabrics, things like that based yeah. on the line plan. Yeah. Um, and so then once that's done as a designer, you kind of, at a large company, you would potentially hand that off to a product development team and a fit team. And the fit team is going to do all the dimensions and, uh, potentially pattern depending on the size of the company and um, do a number of iterations with that, with a factory. Um, and so the tech pack will, will go to the factory and um, the factory is going to send you back a sample. The sample is probably going to be wrong in a number of ways and <laughs> you then have to fix it. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, generally there'll be like maybe two iterations depending on the company, there may be more or less. Yeah. Uh, but that's the general process. And I do all of those things. Um, whereas at a larger company, you may do only one of those things. But if you're doing only one of those things, you're also going to have many, many more pieces. 
Right, right. Much more quantity of SKUs. Right. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. That was a great overview, really insightful for someone who, um, you know, doesn't quite have their head wrapped around it yet, which is hard to do unless you actually get into it. Right. Um, Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your journey and all your insights and experiences with us, Allison. I would love to end the interview um, with the question I ask everybody at the end of the show, and that is, what is one thing people never ask you about working in the fashion industry that you wish they would? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I guess it might have to do with, um, you know, what kind of company do you really want to work for? Mm. Um, People kind of go into it with this idea that I want to work for X company. And I'm like, do you really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because once you do it for a little while, you everyone has this dream of of your kind of doing everything. Like I said, it's just sort of a start to finish process. But really, a lot of times at these smaller companies, you have a lot more creative control and you you learn a lot more. Um, And I think people, instead of asking you know, doing research on, on where they want to go or asking around to see what would really be a fit. They kind of go into it the other way saying, I want to do this. How do I get to do that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably, yeah. (laughs) I love that. Sort of just flipping the, the way you approach it and really thinking about like what you might want to learn and get out of it instead of just putting this brain on a pedestal and thinking that's where I have to work. Exactly, which I think has been a big thing for me in, in my career and honestly my life in general is like, you know, seriously acknowledging, is this a good fit? Yeah. Um, sometimes it's not. And you're not going to uh, be happy. But you right, learn exactly. from those experiences. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Is there somewhere people can connect with you online, LinkedIn, Instagram, a website? Um, yes, I have all of those things. Oh, okay, um, awesome. Is there, <laughs> is there a way you want me to, to communicate this? Um, what, if your website's easy, you can spout that off. And then if you want to shoot me your LinkedIn and Instagram and email, and I'll, I'll link to them in the show notes. Um, but whatever's easiest okay. for you to share verbally. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll link you to, to all of those. My last name is really hard to spell, as you know, so um, <laughs> I'm not going to be intuitive. But yeah, okay. I'll send you links to um, to my LinkedIn and my Instagram. And um, whatever you makes can, the portfolio yeah. is, is linked to my LinkedIn. Okay, fantastic. So yeah. everybody can check you out there. So awesome. Thank you so much for chatting and sharing everything. Um, really, really enjoyed hearing your story. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you, and this show would not exist if you guys weren't out there listening, so thank you, thank you so much. I also want to give a big shout out to my husband, Mark, who does a lot of the tech and editing behind the scenes to make the show possible, so thank you so much for that. Um, And also, one last quick reminder that SFD is way more than just this podcast that you hear uh, every other week. And I want to make sure that you know about the resources that I have above and beyond the podcast. Most of them are free, and I want to make sure that you get access to those. Uh, They will help you get ahead in your fashion career. You can get instant access by heading over to SoHeidi.com slash email. It's S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I dot com slash email, and I will make sure to get you all my best stuff absolutely free. As always, if you'd like to learn more about any of the resources we mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes wherever you're listening by scrolling down. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you in the next successful fashion designer podcast episode.